What's up? This is Matt Dietz, and this is None of My Business. This is the show where I get to sit down and talk with smart, creative, and inspired entrepreneurs and leaders, and they get to tell us about the story that they are currently living. It's really tough to build a business from scratch, and no one really gives you a playbook on how to do it from start to finish, and so I thought I'd try and build a library of people who have done it before us so that you could learn from them. And today on the show, I have my good friend, Brian Siminski. Brian is a, is a buddy of mine who I met uh, many years ago when he worked for Cascade Autoglass. He was the guy that would come in and, you know, ruin the flow of our day and try and get us to use him for glass. Like, that is a tough art, right? Busting into somebody's office and saying, hey, what's up? I'm Brian. I work for Cascade Auto Glass. Why don't you send me all your deals? Anyway, uh, Brian did it right, and uh, we became fast friends and have been friends ever since. And uh, Brian is a very smart leader. Uh, He is full of qualities that make um, a good manager, a good boss, a good salesperson. And so I decided to bring him in. He's full of empathy. He's very smart. He knows how to read other people. Um, a lot of things that Brian has, uh, he has deployed properly in the business world. And I wanted to bring him in and interview him. Plus, he's a riot and we have a lot of fun together. So uh, right now he works for a company called Ferguson Waterworks. And he sells pipes, and we talk about that. So he's he's had many different roles in his career. Uh, he has a lot to offer. And uh, Brian, thanks, man, for coming in. I appreciate you. And uh, let's get on with the show. Are you deciding between buying or renting your next home? It is true that home values have gone up quite a bit recently, but you know what? So have rents. Did you know, according to the largest landlord in the United States, Invitation Homes, rents have gone up? since last year, and they forecast that rents will continue to go up about 6% annually. So while it's true that initially purchasing a home will be more expensive, your mortgage payment will remain relatively stable into the future, whereas your rental payments will likely rise significantly in the years to come. My man Joe Ackerland, loan officer with Premier Mortgage Resources, can give you a complete analysis with forecasts for your specific zip code so you can make accurate comparisons and see which choice you believe is best for you. Go to loansbyjoe.com, that is L-O-A-N-S-B-Y-J-O-E.com, or reach out to him directly, 208-580-3811. Premier Mortgage Resources, LLC, is an equal housing opportunity lender. Uh, we are joined today with King Brian Siminski. He is I. Brian, feel free to snug that, that microphone up nice oh, and tight. Oh, oh. Oh, I didn't want to make any noises because I listened to your podcast once. and Well, more than once. And at one of those, I heard some jingling in the background. And I want everyone to know that our pants are on. And oh, if you hear any noises, it's not a belt buckle. No, it's... But that's why I had the microphone further away from. Well, my this head. setup is different than before. Like, like I got the stands. So like I was listening to an free. old one. Absolutely. Unless you, could, you were listening to one like yesterday. No, it, it was. I, I freelanced. I kind of moved through sure. a few of them and hit the ones that intrigued me. But I did hear a jingling noise in the yeah. back of one, and I thought, I hope his pants are on. No, it's probably okay. paint a toll or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> so. 
So Brian and I go go way back. So far back that it's not fair that you're in eight seasons of this and I haven't been here. That's fair. Which I did realize later was for entrepreneurs, which I am not. You are not an entrepreneur. You're not yet. I don't freelance. No. You are an employee. You're a W-2 employee. I am paid. Yeah. Yeah. You're working for the man. Someone's got me under the collar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We met when you worked for Cascade Auto Glass, which was, uh, it's a company that does auto glass. And so we, my business gets marketed to by a a number of different types of companies. Glass is one of them. Restoration is a big one too. And we have people that roll in every once in a while and they're like, Hey, give me your business, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So let's start with where are you? Let's 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 take it way back. Mm. Where are you from? I am uh, originally from Sacramento, California. S- which town? You can tell that I uh, most Idahoans are angry. Um, natives they run a little hotter because the place that they once knew is not anymore. <laughs> True. So well, I'm too happy to be a a, a, a a native. But what year did you did you? Ninety four. Ninety four. Ninety four. Been here for a while. I mean, Fairview was not dirt, but you know, I've been here. Yeah, for yeah, a bit. yeah. So almost thirty years. Mm. Damn. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So what brought you to Idaho? Well, that's an interesting story. I know. Are you ready? Always. Okay. So uh, a buddy and I on uh, July 4th at a party decided that we were going to go fish every blue ribbon trout stream this side of the Rockies oh. loaded up with... How many uh, is that? Oh, there was quite a few. Well, we didn't, we didn't do them all. Okay. A couple, a couple stays in some states that <laughs> lasted too long and ran out of money and had to get jobs, but it was a real tale. Right, anyway, right. so we took off and uh, uh, head up and fished all the... Uh, Blue ribbon trout streams we could. I mean, the stories are thick. Um, ran into legendary. A, ran into a band. You would like this. Ran into a band at the Montana University, the Student Union Building, for a concert. Little unknown band at the time called Blues Traveler. Bang. Smoked some marijuana, drank some liquor, and had a wonderful time. Good for you. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. Did you catch any trout? Yes, a lot. And then when I came back to sacramento my parents had moved we didn't have cell phones <laughs> we how had, long were you gone i was gone for three months we had calling cards right we did we, you call them at all uh, every now and then i mean pete i can remember it was so far back people were still smoking in restaurants <laughs> yeah yeah and on aeroplanes yeah. <laughs> yes the non-smoking section of an airplane mm. we used to can you believe that used to be a thing how stupid <laughs> Well, the curtain is drawn. It's a big metal tube at 30,000 feet. They are having their own thing up there. (laughs) I get you can smell it, but it's not your smoke. Oh, my God. So where did did they move here? So they moved. What did you do when you went home? You you didn't have a home. My neighbors caught me, and they were like, yo. How old are you? Well, I was one year. I had graduated high school the year before, so I was one year in college at Sac State and they were um they were like yeah your parents are not here anymore um that's awesome but here's their number you can call them and my pops was like I sold your car <laughs> um <laughs> All your crap's gone. The rest of it I brought up here. And if you want to move up here, that's great. Uh, figure it out. And I had to get a Greyhound bus oh, ride. I've ridden Greyhound. From Sacramento all the way to Good Boise. You. And it was... You got to see all the back towns. Oh, man. My, my passenger mate was a guy that just got out of jail. 
We right. talked about that. He was moving with his mom to Wyoming. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> moved up to uh, moved up to Boise. Uh, had been in Boise just because we have a few streams here that I fished. Sure. Um, uh, moved up here, and uh, actually, my first job was a, a company that went out of business called Olympic Auto Glass. I was a telemarketer. Oh, and so I I did that. Everyone hates telemarketers. Did you I, telemarket for Olympic Auto yeah, Glass? You yeah, telemarketing yeah. for a glass company? Yeah. What was that like? How um, long did you do it? You gotta love to get your. I face telemarketed when in. I was in college. So you, I mean, you know, it's the it's the bones of of every salesman because every salesman should come with a, a level of tenacity, right? That, yes. That he in it's self mask. He loves. To get his face kicked in. Yeah. Like, oh, man, is that guy told me no. That just, that works me. I'm going back at him again. Or, you know, right. she, she didn't oh, want yeah? it, but, but I'm calling her back next week. She's See, like, I was listening. Know. I was thinking of a quote, you know, Mike Tyson's famous quote is, everyone has a plan mm. until they get punched in the face. Mm. And I think that is like, kind of like the salesman mantra, right? Like, we all get punched in the face, you know? But and that's the other thing is that every... Sometimes every, repeatedly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You know, sometimes it's a standing eight count, you mm. know, but you stand up and you go back in. But I think everybody, the thing about sales is I've interviewed a lot of people to work for me and you've worked with a lot of people too who have sold. And I think everybody thinks that they can sell, mm. uh, but very few have the the acumen to go out and take all the punches, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, so, and they don't like it. And I get that. It's not fun to be told no, you know, 20 times out of 21 times, but, but the juice you get from the yes, ideally fuels you for the next 20 punches. Sales was, um, uh, as I developed sales, as I, as I moved through life and as my frontal lobe developed and (laughs) has it fully developed, I think it's as good as it's going to get. It's seventy percent. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. What's the number? Who knows? How long did you telemarket? Um, I telemarketed for probably a year. Wow. Um, moved my way up. Uh, uh, started. Oops, there it goes. No one's pants are coming off. See, I touched that see, thing. If you don't touch anything, it won't make any noise. <laughs> so we, um, I, I, I moved uh, up. I started doing uh, rock chip repair and then windshield replacement, and I did windshield replacement for a while uh, learned how to do that and, and that was a gratifying to uh, have a sense of accomplishment to you know leave someone's car and go I did that right yeah, this and, is or, better than it was before or drive around and see hey that was a windshield I replaced I remember that car and, right you know um, uh, and people remembered me and I remember you know there was a there was a a, a, a sense of uh, accomplishment with that that's was was very gratifying sure um, I, I love the the hands work um, I left them and I went to Cascade Autoglass. I stayed for Cascade for 21 years. Wow. So did you get recruited or did you just see green? No, I think pastures? I got fired. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Me and the head boss didn't get, didn't get along and she canned me. That happens. <laughs> I, I, you know that blog I just sent you? I got another blog I can send you about all the times I got fired in my life. Well, I think that's important though, because um, especially in management, like you learn what it's like, the empathy that's involved in firing somebody and the, in learning what it's like, how do you want to be portrayed as? Because, how, you know, you had that experience when somebody canned you. Yeah. And then, you know, what kind of grace and understanding and how do you want to explain it, you know, and how it moves forward? You, you learn to do that. I've, I mean, since then, through, I mean, I probably fired 20 people. Yeah. And, and 
you know, I, I, you develop a, a real nice way and you could be a jerk about it. You oh know? yeah. Easily. Your ass is out of here. Yeah. Right? I'm not, you're not, you're done. You know, yeah. and you could do all these things and, and I've had, and I've, 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 I, you know, the great experience is, is, is evolving through all of those ways. Cause you try different things. Yeah. So let's talk about firing people. It's not something I don't think I've had a chance to talk to anyone about. Mm. I hate firing people. Mm. Like I am like allergic to conflict. I don't mm-hmm. like it, you know? Um, and I've had to fire people in my agency too. You remember, well, I'm not going to drop no, yeah. <laughs> Yes, I do remember. <laughs> How's that going? Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to drop any names. I'm sure they're listening to your podcast, I doubt it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I remember there was a period of time where I was coming into the office and I hated coming to work. Mm. And there was this energy out in that part of the office that was so negative. Like, and I knew it wasn't a good fit. Mm. And, but I kept her. No. And every time I came into the office, I'm like, so we know it was a her. It was a her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can deduce whatever you want from that. So there, but you know, you come in and you're like, you know, the car's in the parking lot and you're like, damn, she's back for another day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I got to the point where I was like, you know what? This is my business. Mm-hmm. I should not feel this way mm-hmm. coming into my business. Mm-hmm. And so I had to I had to grow and I had to step up and I had to do what I needed to do. And, you know, we had the conversation long ago. The one thing that I learned about when it comes to firing people is that it should never come as a surprise. Amen. So you've got to go through the process. So let's talk about what do you, what's the best way to fire someone? Well, ironically, I think you have to go back a little bit and, and establish the type of manager you are before you can develop the pattern, right? Because it, it, surprisingly enough, people that climb to middle management or the management level that allows you to hire and fire, whatever level you want that in your head, that, that whoever aspires to be that spot um, will... Uh, uh, how do I word this usually puts the coasters on like they guide, right? They just go through to the spot, right? And then, and then, and then they make comments like, um, just do your job. Right. And, or, you know, you need to do better. Right. Right. And, and the, 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 but what happens is, is that you, you know, the, the training and the, you don't, you know, you don't, I think that as new people, start in on this they they don't they they want that position they want that title and i think firing somebody is a learned process yeah it's not an innate ability i don't Mm-mm. think i don't think it's something and outside of work there isn't an there isn't anything in like the natural world where you like fire i guess you break up with you know your boyfriends or girlfriends i guess that's a you know a way of you know relating what firing is like but but at the same time and, I think because you, because early on I was probably that way where I, you know, I had the position, so I had the title and I, because I had the title, I could fire somebody. And so I would fire people to fire people, not in that sense, like they were, it was worthy, right. but, but what, what comes with the experience of what comes with, uh, management is the training and the learning and the constant education. I mean, think about it. If people didn't need to be managed, do we really need a manager? No. Right. But do people so, need to be managed? Yes. Talk to your talk to your son and daughter who are our age. 
clearly they need, they to, need to be wild. It's bananas. <laughs> and so, but but people get into a spot of management and they think that they just do your job. Like that's the common theme that you hear with new managers is, uh, 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 you know, here's the numbers. You're not working up to these numbers and you need to figure out a way to do it. And the whole quote unquote, you need to figure out a way to do it is the same person that probably is going to go into that first or second firing and is not going to, it's going to be surprising to that person. Right. And they're going to have this really bad, rocky experience with this, this termination because they weren't invested right. early enough and often enough that it shouldn't be a surprise. And, and I get that we have to develop as managers, we had to develop protocol um, to achieving goals. Yeah. Right. And so you put into place the practices, the simple things, you know, the things that, that you don't doesn't cost you any money. Show up to work on time. Um, you know, be happy, have a good attitude. These are free things. And, Very you know, free. you encourage your employees to be this way and you encourage them to be have a good attitude. I used to tell guys in the van when they drove up to somebody's house that if you wanted a good experience with somebody that that find out what music they listen to and you listen to it. Nice. Like if you pull up to a ranch and my man's out working the cattle and you slap on DMC, you probably are going to grind from the word right. go. That you might know? be you, you know, bristly. Create that, that thing. Anyways, the, uh, uh, you know, the whole, I kind of lost my point, but the whole meeting of minds with your employees and with your, you know, that your getting everybody on the on the same page is is crucial and setting those goals i i've had dude i can remember showing up because an autoglass um i covered as a regional manager i covered i mean from here to arkansas so i did arkansas and missouri and kansas and i was all over the place and i would just show up and i had to i had to manage remotely before that was even really a thing well, so yeah, so we 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 did a lot of that, and 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 the uh, the constant communication was an absolute must because the daily communication wasn't there. Right. So you had to make a point of of communicating, and we you know you learned early on that the the employee is the most valuable asset, right? Right. Because um, I would go, to, I can remember the first time I drove down to Arkansas, my guy was like my manager in Little Rock was like, hey, I can totally make four, five, four or five more dollars an hour. And this is our first day we met each other. And he goes, I'm going to need a raise or I'm going to be moving on. And so I was immediately like, well, great, you're done. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next. And, and, well, you know, and I was like, if you're going to play high stakes poker, you better have a flush, right? right. Because if you have no cards there, and I kind of knew the market, and, yeah. and I canned him. But what I learned out of that was, is that, was that the owners were like, great probably a sweet move let us know when you find somebody else right i was in arkansas for like a summer oh you know how hot it is in arkansas it's warm <laughs> it's just so i mean i was down there all the time because the look the the work has to keep going yeah it doesn't stop you can't just fire everybody and expect to meet numbers no <laughs> so you might do well on payroll yeah <laughs> that's about but, it but you know you you're not gonna hit your goals and and i i i, I didn't know that going into it <laughs> Like I didn't, I didn't comprehend that. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you, you certainly want to develop this, this process of 
training and educating and probably would have been a good idea to tell that our guy in Arkansas, look, that's not a great move right now. Look, I'm new, but I'm not that new. And let's you and I have a discussion about where your pay's at, where it should be going. We'll right. set some goals. Let's get some barbecue. I got some, down. yeah, I got yeah. some stuff that I want to have done. You got some stuff you want to have done. It sounds like we can forge a good relationship. Right. You're fired. It's not- <laughs> Well, you touched on it earlier, like communication is obviously the key to 99% of life's problems, I think, you know, Mm -hmm. and so I think over communicating is just the healthiest way to go. And when it comes to letting someone go, we've said it before, but you know, there should be no surprises. So as long as you're setting down, you know, measurable expectations Mm -hmm. and you're helping them hit them or training them along the way and you're expecting them to do it on their own at some points because that's their job you know then there's a natural course where i've had people that have worked for me and they're supposed to sell so many policies and if they don't we have a conversation it's like hey why you haven't hit your numbers and if they're new the conversation's a lot more forgiving you know how can i help you hit your numbers what things can you be doing more of this and that and then you send them back into the wild and you hope that some of that stuff took sometimes it does normally it doesn't and and then you have another conversation with them and it's that conversation that i've found where you come back, you're like, hey, we're still not hitting your numbers. That a lot of times they will quit on their own. Mm-hmm. They're like, I just, this isn't fun for me. And that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I had somebody come in once who worked for me for whatever, a couple months. And I was, you know, what have you done today? Where are you? And like, I was on her every day because that's, you know, she's like, man, I'm not sleeping at night. Like, I don't like this. Like, I. <laughs> I, I'm so stressed out about selling policies that it's it's affecting my life. And I was like, I have to quit. And I was like, hey, yeah. thank you for telling me. I appreciate it. Yeah. And it was fine. You know, not everybody can do what we're asking them to do. So, But um, if she didn't hit her numbers the next month, I probably would have let her go. She wouldn't have been surprised. She probably would have been relieved, you know. And so, you know, we're just trying to fill the seats with the right people. I, I, I do buy heavily into investing into their you know, I, into their, 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 their being. Yeah. Personally, I know a lot of people probably wouldn't, you know, but I, I invest personally into them, you know, what's your living situation? Do you have a new car? And I feel like that if I can help them meet goals, they buy into me, I buy into them and it's very relational. Well, then they want to do good for you. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And, and, and getting that. And then when it does come time to look, it's not going to work. I'm, you know, I'm today, and I don't, I'm not in a position anymore to do this. So thank goodness. But back when I was, I was, man, I was, look, this is not, you know, this is not going to work out, but you have a great strengths. Here's a lot of your great strengths. Here's where you can go. Here's a few suggestions. I think you might be able to move towards, Yeah. you know, and, 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 and it just because you and I didn't work out doesn't mean that you and I can't be, you know, friends. Totally. And we, we, you know, I, I liked you as a person and totally sorry about that. And, 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 as I, you know, before it was very callous and it was yeah. very transactional. What a jerk. Yeah. And I would like to have a few of them back. I really would. Yeah. There have been times I've let people go and, and I've actively tried to place them someplace else mm. like this. Like I know someone that's looking for a job yeah. like this. I think this would be a good fit for you. Can I coordinate a good conversation now, for you? When you do that, do you usually send them to a competitor? Like not something in house, but a different them, underwriter. I've Look, sent them to other agents. I feel like Progressive's going to be good for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. 
maybe you go work for State Farm, you know? <laughs> There's and, a wonderful guy like 100 yards down the yeah, road. <laughs> maybe go crater his agency, you know? <laughs> no, You're going to be a star. <laughs> <laughs> there are other agents that don't have as stringent qualifications to work for as I do. So maybe they're great with servicing clients, but they're not expected to sell. And maybe there's another agent that I know of that doesn't ask their people mm. to sell for them, which I think is, That's good to hear. is a problem. Yeah. But uh, I'd say, you know what? I know so-and-so is looking for someone. I don't think there are any sa- there's a sales component there. You've been really... Everyone's that has ever worked for me has been really good with clients. Mm-hmm. Like that's the easy part of the job, yeah, right? Yeah. Just be nice to people. And I've, I've had a lot of nice people that have worked for me. And so I'll try and help them get connected somewhere else. So that's good. All right. So let's talk about marketing. So the way we met was you marketed me. And mm-hmm. I don't think I remember the first time that you came in or the first time that we met, but after a few visits, you know, we kind of became friends and I was like, this guy's kind of crazy and Mm. he's kind of, you know, the the type of work that you do when you're rolling into offices like mine is it's hard for most people because you Mm -hmm. know, you're disrupting the flow of what's going on inside Mm -hmm. of that business. Mm -hmm. You're like, all right, God, I got to walk in here and they're working and here I come, you know, and I got to be all smiles and be happy and give them their freaking piece of candy or whatever you got. Mm -hmm you know, and try and earn their business. We didn't ask you to come in, right? you know, but you just show up. So walk me through your mindset. Uh, Cause this is a, this is an important skill for, for anyone in sales who has to do cold calling, whether it's on the phone or in person or, or whatever, what was your, what did you, how did you start? What did you learn and how did you get good at it? Um, what was, for for Autoglass, it was it was easy because I had more experience than everybody else, right? Like I roll into an office and I had twenty years experience and I I had the authority to say you guys need to stop and listen to what I'm about to say, <laughs> because what I'm about to say it will, was is is impactful to the agency and if you're invested in this agency, you want to listen, right? And so, but but we 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 had um, with that it comes, I guess generally speaking. What value are you adding? Totally. Right? And so... um, So What was your angle? I mean, you've got... There are a lot of competitors. You know, was it my glass is better or faster or cheaper? Like, what did you... So I I sold as... as when, When Cascade was going around, we were competing against the networks. And I guess... I mean, you're an insurance entity, so... Yeah, there's a lot of third-party claims processing sure. that you're involved with, and so it was it was the the biggest glitch in in the system was you know you Matt are trying to provide a service and 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 people's you know, insurance is intangible right it's not something that they're hanging on to right so their only real you know action with their policy is when something goes bad yep. Right. And so then it goes bad and then they go and then and and this is a real thing. People go, okay, great. Here's an 800 number. Yep. Bloody hell. You know, (laughs) just what they want. Right. And so um, so I coached against that. I coached to never, never give up customer service, never punt your customer service, never punt your opportunity to provide a free service, essentially, you know, to, 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 to provide the value. Right. And so I would always tell, you know, your, everybody, all staff members that, that, that process should, you should not 
don't let go of that phone call. Like walk them through the process. Like you should put them on hold to a conference call and you and them go through it. And when they try to explain, because you know, customers would go, I got to call this 800 number and they want to know my year making model. It's a red four door. Right. <laughs> a VIN number. Where's well, that? What you know? is a VIN number? I'm on my knees out in the driveway and, and they would have these experiences. And so I would, I would coach. I would create my value was to create that process to be better than everyone else's. And so, and that wasn't even something, you know, cause you can go in and say, Hey, I install a better windshield or I have a better service than everybody else. In reality, selling to an agency to say that you did what you did was better. You got paid to do that. Yeah. It, it, it had better be good. Right. You, you, I provide a warranty. Everyone provides a warranty, right. but how good is it when it actually is needed? Right. So right. I would sell to the agencies. I would sell how to make their job better. Great. And then, and then, you know, while you're in there talking to the, the office, who's probably supposed to be on the phones or supposed to be taking care of other people, the agents like to hear somebody that came in and said, here's, what's going to make your agency better. Like right. what, I mean, barring there are, there are a few agents that are just literally the living dead. Look, I am coasting towards retirement and whatever yeah, you do, great. Care. That's your business, yeah. right? You can just call the bloody number. And if you don't like it, go find a policy somewhere else. Um, th- those, those people exist. Sure. And, and, and so you can't sell to all of them. Like some people simply did not care yeah, that their so customers were being treated poorly. Did you, what kind of objections would you get that you could overcome outside of the, you know, agents that just didn't care? You know, like, well, we use, we have to use a provided service because we use this company and they have a contract with our company and we're supposed to use them. So I see what you're saying, but no, thank you. Like, did you right. have a, mm-hmm. did you have a retort yeah. to that? Yeah, I would, I would, I would say that. That if they haven't listened to those phone calls and they haven't been a part of those phone calls, you're wildly missing what's happening to your customers. <laughs> and so I would say that if you don't want to do it, I'll do it for you. I'll conference call with your customers. Don't, whatever you do, don't let your precious beloved, I mean, these your book of business pays your business. Yeah. My customers are my customers. I'll never yield to somebody else giving away my name yep. right my reputation's it your reputation's it and and i'd never yield to that i would never let anybody else have a say on that and that if i have to be you know judged judge me for the effort that i give not the effort that i don't give so what tips would you give to someone who's new at door-to-door marketing and maybe doesn't have you know, 20 years of experience. They're like, Hey, you go and talk to people and try and send business our way. Like what is like, what are the most important things that someone should be aware of as they're about to interrupt somebody's day, you know, to try and sell a service that, that they might already have, you know? Yeah. There are, there are, I mean, there are really three types of salesmen. There's the salesman that is, um, repetitive bi-weekly, here my man comes. shows him. Here he comes. <laughs> he hands off a thing, a business card, says, I don't want to interrupt you, but I wanted to let you know I'm still here. That is the squeaky wheel gets the oil, right? That can I work. Mean, it can it, it, it does. Yeah. There, there is a play. The easiest thing to tell any new salesman is be the squeaky wheel. Yeah. Show up consistently, put it in your phone, write down a calendar. I mean, you know, we, we have the technology to aid us along the way. Do okay, I, I wake up, what am I doing today? Right. Oh, I got okay. these seven people I'm going to yeah, go see because okay. I haven't seen them since last two right. weeks. <laughs> you know, you put it on auto remind and bada boom, bada bing, and you yeah. go and make those calls. Um, and you, you know, then you're, you're, you're longing to create the relationship, uh, 
you know, the personal relationship. You're longing to find something that they like, yeah. you know, and to talk about them. That could be their children. That could be, and I, I think a, a, a great salesperson, somebody who is, um, that's doing this is multifaceted, meaning I, I could probably, you can name a topic and I can tell you something about it and it yes. can be wildly remote. Yeah. You know, but I think that makes a person better or well, more well-rounded. So if, if you're listening to this and you are a person that knows a lot about everything, maybe just a little bit about everything, yeah. you're that just person. Just pull on that thread. You're the person that can obviously have that conversation. Once you have that conversation, that's what opens the door to add your value. Right. Right. Because once you get their attention and, oh, you have three kids, so do I. It's maybe not a good thing to say how old you think they are. I've done that one. <laughs> Your kids seem to be my kids, so we're yeah. the same age. Yeah. You're mm, awfully old. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. My bad. Mental <laughs> note. So, Don't but, you know, talk you, you, about <laughs> age. <laughs> I've made that mistake so many times, it's so bad. I've, I've absolutely floundered. No, that's smart, though. Commonality is just, it's how people connect, you know? It's surprising, though, how little, I mean, as you go around, um, how little people know about, you know, I mean, just sports, just, just take sports. Do, yeah, pe- yeah. do, do people know enough about golf, um, soccer? Can somebody tell you how championship leagues are formed? Right. I mean, no. you should, because yeah. when you go into that door and somebody has football on their desk, you have to talk about Serie A. Yeah. You know, you have to go and talk about the premiership yeah. and who's in the premiership. Um, uh, r- rugby, uh, 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 football, um, baseball, yeah. free agency, you know, where are we at? I mean, if someone would be smart to come by and have a, just a brief conversation about Chris Bryant, where's he going to land? Right. What do you think he's going to do? Damn do you miss Rizzo? Right. Yes. I mean, right. Yeah. Right. Because somebody picks up on the fact that you have a Fenway wall attached to the it's outside. Oh, Wrigley. Thank you. My bad. I've never edited these, but that one might go. (laughs) You've got moss, (laughs) ivy. The green monster. No, No, you've got, I mean, you you have Wrigley's wall on your, I mean, so to somebody to come in and go, what's this? And and you go, oh, that's the Cubs outfield. And you go, oh, Oh. man, you miss Iowa? Right. Bad foot, right? To have an idea no, of that's at least where smart, they're from. Though, is just being aware of your surroundings. I heard when I was talking to an owner of, you know, a Dutch owner, Dutch Bros owner, and they're training their people to converse with while they're taking orders in line. And one of the tips I heard them say, I thought was just really smart. And it's kind of a no brainer and similar to what you're talking about is they're like, start up a conversation while you're taking their order or while they're waiting. And so how do you do that? Well, do a quick scan of their car, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you see something in the car, I don't even know, like if it's a book or I'm I'm thinking of things from a basketball sitting on my passenger seat. Right. Hey, you run the hard position. Do you play, you know, I'll take you one-on-one, you know, Mm. whatever, you know? And so just being aware and you can do the same thing when you walk into any office, people generally dress their office up, you know, in a way that is part of their personality. And so you don't have to say anything about it right away, but you should take notes and go back and come, you know, the next time you come back after you Wikipedia, you know, premier league or whatever, you can be like, so Chelsea's killing it or, you know, or whatever, you know, and then you have something. So that's really smart. Yeah. It's it's a um, 
it's a way into conversing. And I don't think you're going to get anybody that's going to give a hoot about you unless you give a hoot about them first. Yeah. You know, and, and, and really the goal is, is that they actually, you know, the relationship that they actually buy into the fact that you're, you're a pretty decent person and that we share commonalities and that, you know, you're going to eventually ask them for their money, their business. Will you right. support me financially? Because I'll take care of you. How do you know I'll take care of you? Because we're mates. Because yeah. now we're friends, and I will do anything for you. Right. And and as long as that happens, then I think that that relationship goes a long ways. And and you know, I, there's nothing wrong with saying, I'm a business that makes money. You're a business that makes money. And I would like to both of us be business partners and figure out how we can both make money. How can we help each other? Yes. Period. And, 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 you know, one of those things was, I mean, Autoglass and you was to make sure that your customers were, uh, were, were happy. Yeah. Right. And I would take the, the, the art of the third party recommendation, right? Like the, 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 the mental, uh, Olympics that takes place in people's heads that says, Matt, have you ever had liquid death? And Matt says, oh. no, I've never even heard of it. Bro, that is the best drink, energy drink you've ever had. And I got to tell you, if you're drinking anything and you're not drinking liquid death, you should try it. You blindly will go out and buy that. Right. 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 Okay. So we would take a, a windshield replacement and we would create, and there's this, there's this absolute mind suck that goes on here. Well, we would tell all of our technicians that they should promote a phone call back to the agency saying what a good job we did and thank you for a wonderful referral. Nice. Right? Mm -hmm. What happens in the mindset of the guy with Mrs. Smith on her car that he has to do from the beginning to the end of the process to ask for said thing? Imagine showing up being a jerk. Yeah, Imagine doing a bad job. Imagine, you know, not communicating. I mean, sometimes those things happen, right? Sometimes those things, you, you sure. know, the guy's in the office, he's on the phone, you can't get a hold of him, it's not going to happen. But yeah. when people engage and they meet you and they talk to you, but the, my, my technicians would do such a wonderful job because they knew going into it that they were at the end going to ask for that. Yep. And then we would reward them. That was my next question. Yeah, we would be like, dude, you got six of those? And we would we would bump them a gift card. We would bump them a movie pass. We would, yeah. you know we would give them stuff, and then they would you know so so. But that's an absolute win win because now my technicians are doing better work. I have fewer amount of recalls. Customers are super happy. They're calling the agency. The agency is is hearing what a wonderful job we did. Thank you for the referral. How often are the gals inside the office going to go? I'm not really sure about this Cascade right. place because you know we never hear anything. Right, uh, and then the adverse side. Who do I go use? I don't know. All I hear about is Cascade. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can go anywhere you want, yeah. which is legally where they're at, right? right? They have to be like, look, you have free choice. You can go wherever you want. You want your uncle to do it? Good on you, right? <laughs> Who do you know that does a good job? All I hear about is this guy. Yeah. And if nobody else is doing that, no one. No. Well, I think the same, I think you do the same for getting reviews for your business. Absolutely. So after every job, if you're a technician or you, if you're the business owner doing the work yourself, you know, are expected to ask for a review, like you better kill it. 
while you're doing the job because you want to get a good reviews are important. You know, it's, it's no different than, than what you were saying. The reviews just coming back to the agency, you know, but now in a day nowadays where reviews are really important online, cause that's where everybody shops. If you're hunting for reviews and you're expected to ask for it at the end, like your whole process better be clean and professional. Tight. And communicated. Yeah. 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 So. And so, you know, you find out that, that certain guys weren't getting that. And now you're talking about management going back and you're like, well, so what, what does your process look like? Tell me about this. And you find out that they don't pre-call the customer. Yeah. Right. And you're like, dude, you're not pre-calling. And they go, well, it just, I don't ever saw the point in it. And I go, it's the setup. Right. Like it's the edge of the diving board and it's you can start primer. Back. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you'd find out and you'd find out these little things and then we would, you know, you'd build off of that and, and, and uh, uh, bring them out, walk them through the process, yeah. tell them about the, the bloody hood mat you're going to put on their car yeah. so that you don't scratch it. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, this guy knows what he's doing. I'm going to go inside. And then they're out of your hair. Yeah. You get it done. You know, and you come bring them back out. I, look at your new windshield. I'm not in auto glass anymore, right? Yeah. I still do this. I still use this in my daily, you know, where I'm at and trying to promote, you know, hey, you like what you got? You grateful for, you know, the the the, the drive I made out here to bring you your stuff? Let your foreman know. Let your let your boss know. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what you've done since Cascade Auto Glass. You have moved into a different, mm. to a different company. Mm-hmm. Your role—I don't know. I'm sure you're doing some of the same things. I know you're out. Are you, you're in, are you in management or sales? I'm now? in. I'm in sales. I've skipped the management side. All right. So you're working for Ferguson Waterworks. That's right. And so, what do they sell? You said it like my voicemail. I know. I love your voicemail. <laughs> Thank you for calling Ferguson Waterworks. Mm. Just the pause brings it. I, I listened to your voicemail all the way through. Cracks me I had, had one guy that said that when he first taught, <laughs> when he first heard my, my voicemail, he thought I was being a smart ass. And now he goes, I realize that you're just sarcastic. <laughs> I'm like, what's the difference? <laughs> Same um, thing. So, yeah, so I am now at Ferguson Waterworks. Um, I don't do plumbing. I don't do appliances. I do underground. So when you flush the toilet, and I think this is the way everyone should think of me now. When you flush the toilet. Think of Brian. It, whatever it is in your mind at this point, (laughs) it goes. Travels. it, It goes out of your house. And once it leaves your house. Everything in the ground at that point is something that I would have sold. Okay. So uh, valves, hydrants, piping, uh, lift stations. Um, we supply all of this wide range of material. And I was absolutely had no clue what I was doing. Right. So Just, what, what triggered the move? I'm always interested in why did you leave a 21, 22 year job? Let's go back to the beginning of this conversation where I said, I'm not entrepreneur. (laughs) (laughs) Let's revisit. Just bring it back. Right. So, so did you, uh, you you and I talked about running, you running an auto glass company. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, um, uh, were you close? I was, I gotta be honest. I was, I was raising three kids. Um, I, we still are right They're They're in college now, but I was raising three kids. Um, I was, uh, I was deeply, deeply committed to my family and, um, 
still are. Still are, right? But but at that point, my involvement with them was so greater. And um, my dad had a business, and we always kind of saw it as, if you had the tiger by the tail, can you let it go? Or will it turn around and bite you? Right. Right? And so I, I just the struggles that I grew up with, with my dad running a small, he ran a small alarm company in Sacramento, and... I had to work for him in the summers and just the grind that he put on. He was an owner operator, right? Yeah. And and I think that that if you can't evolve out, of, and I, my, it was always my fear is, would I ever be able to evolve or push past owner operator right. and just become operator or owner, right. right? And get away from operating. And and I, golly, man, I, I, I could do it. I had all the resources. I could have killed it. I just, it just did not, it did not hit my belly right that I would be just, so swamped with that. So anyways, yep. I had an opportunity. It was sales. It was, you know, it was just this really good opportunity. And did someone find you or were you looking? No, I got headhunted. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they, they started, they, you know, met up with me and I, I knew a guy and he was like, this guy is going to be great. And we went back and forth on, on it and met and, you know, one meeting turned into another and, I said, you know, I made the made the jump. I left it. I remember it was a hard decision for you. Yeah, I left You're a, loyal. I was loyal. I made a a, a 21 year career and said no, and I went over and started with these guys, and I've been with them for eight years now. So when you started with them, did you absorb clientele, or did you have to build your own like book, or how does how is that kind of you know I abs- pillared? I absorbed. We started when I started. We were. Did you replace someone? Um, yes. Okay. So I took over a role and we, I took over about a $7 million book of business Okay. and we've grown, I've grown my side into an 18 million. Well done. Thank you. And, um, our branch has grown from, you know, 12 million to $28 million book. So what were the challenges of taking over a book of business from someone that maybe you didn't know or didn't meet? Were there expectations on, you know, how these people, these clients were supposed to be communicated? Well, I'm sure there's a ton of learning on the, oh, on the fly. Man, and yeah. like, did you have big shoes to fill or, you know, yes. what was, what was it like replacing somebody who'd been doing this job for a while and had those relationships. And now you're this guy, like you're the new guy. Who's this guy now? Mm-hmm. It oh. was important to be liked early. It mm-hmm. was important to find, um, you know, them to be pleased with me. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of jokes. There was a lot of listening. There was a lot of, you know, really trying to be attentive and, 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 and then to, to show them that I wanted to learn. Right. So like one of my goals was to never miss a phone call. Good. Always answer the phone because people That's can't important. stand that. Yeah, especially um, now. You're selling to who? Let's be clear. Um, so I'm selling to uh, uh, construction companies. Um, what's I mean? Contract. They're all over the place, yeah, right? Yeah. Subdivisions yeah. and and road repair. So like ten miles under construction right now. That would be a project that we you know we would sell to them, and they would install our materials or. Any subdivision in Meridian that you see going forward is just, you know, and it was obviously the growth is exponential. Yeah. So um, that would be stuff that we would supply. So before structures, uh, before foundations and, and homes go up or before uh, business complexes go up, the underground has to be done first. Yes. So you're selling to those like folks. Like names? Do you want names? No, I don't. Oh, okay. I'm just wondering. Yeah. So 
Yeah. So what was the first year or two like? So it was, it was, it was wild. I mean, the learning curve was, was way steep. How did you learn your craft? Diving in. I'd ask a lot of questions too. You know, I'd say, Hey man, what is this all about? And why do you do it this way? And, and, and I would have to learn, but you know, again, you got guys that are in careers of doing this. And so you take a little bit of the interest Mm -hmm. to that, you know, in, in their craft And, you know, you take a little bit of time to ask somebody how they're doing their job and what does it look like and why do you do it this way? And do you think that's better or would you do it differently? And they would love the gush. Like, is there a right and wrong way to do these things? Or is it more like, is there some personal taste? Like, well, this guy likes to do it that way and it works that way. And this guy likes to do it that way and it works that way. So, or is there like a... You really should do it this way all the time. So there's a risk there, though. Um, there's a risk because um, they are the kings of their castle. They're they're the principal and liability, mm-hmm. right? So they are the they 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 they're the the principal. Puck stocks, right? With them, and so it's difficult having my experience in Autoglass, knowing that I bought from a supplier and the the offensive nature of a supplier telling me what he thought I should do was right. because I'd been doing it for 21 years yeah. and he worked at Burger King last week, right? And so, <laughs> is that okay? Should we not drop names? No, it's I fine. mean, no. he could flop any Whopper anywhere, right? So, <laughs> it's probably so anyway, great. Right? Yeah. So, so, so we couldn't, you know, I, I, it, it, it's a risky thing to have somebody say that my way is the best way and then me go down to the next guy and say, why don't you do it this way? And then to even allow some, some remote sense of condemnation from that would be... Yeah would be horrible yes. right and so you would have to just be like all right that works for you and great and we would go through that it was it was tough but you know i started to figure it out but a lot of stuff i would stay away from yeah. i wouldn't you know i wouldn't mess with with some of how they do it and that's works for them and that's their that's their model and i think that's great so you're calling on a book that existed mm-hmm. are you calling on new business too Yes. Okay. So back when you were with Cascade and we talked earlier and you're like, I I would roll into an office and I'd be like, Hey, I've been doing this for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Listen to me Mm -hmm. Mm because I know what's up. Mm -hmm. And that's how you got their attention early. Now you're doing this and you can't roll into a, a new place and be like, Hey, check it out. Yeah. This piping is the bomb or whatever. Like you have no, you don't know. So, so what was your, how was your approach different? I, I still, I still have, um, I still had some sense of that because you can't come in, you know, total wet noodle, but, uh, it, it probably altered from me saying that I was to, uh, we, my team has this, you know, this, this, you know, this massive inventory, we have more ability to get product to you. We have more ability to bring product in. We have, you know, we're the monster, we're, you know, the 800 pound gorilla right. and, we would, in that sense, uh, I would, I would, I would try to keep me out of it. Like, right. I'll take care of you because sometimes, you know, two guys call it once. You can't take care of both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you gotta be smart <laughs> right. about that, right? <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, no worries. Correct. How long have you been with them now? Uh, eight years. Eight years. So, and it's been, and, and now we're in, now we're in the greatest, the single greatest. Uh, material shortage since World War II. And um, Ford cannot put a truck out on the market. They're not sure how they're going to release their 2023s. Chevrolet doesn't have anything. Everyone should know this at this point that just, you know, you go to buy a part and it's just not showing up. 
my industry is no different and you know we have 22 week lead times that's oh my god you know over five months for for ordering products if you ordered something today you'd see it in in september oh my god right and so it's been really, really hard, and 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 cus- my customers are are used to and conditioned to just taking you know um, a two week notice and saying, "Hey, get ready to supply this, and we're going to show up out there." And those days are done. And I'm trying to explain that you know the product that you're getting today, I ordered in October, right? And I had no idea you were going to need this many. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's been it's been rough. So as I know that you work all twelve months, but is it is it different in like November, December, January, February than it is you know the rest of the year? It, so in Idaho, because of our our, our beautifully warm winters, um, we have been smashing year around. Okay. Um, the only thing that stops anything is a bit of rain, bit of mud that gets too you know just too hard, but. Um, uh, and Idaho is probably the single top two or top three growth markets in the entire United States. Yep. And so we are um, uh, home builders have a four to five hundred home backlog. Oh my god! Um, the city of Meridian, through uh, going into COVID. Um, had said that they were at a 2,300 home shortage, okay? And the uh, inspectors in Corona, because, you know, we didn't know what we were doing with Corona, right? No. We were washing sidewalks down. <laughs> you're know, you going to call in hazmat suits. Yeah, 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 so, I mean, Sydney inspectors at one point just was like, look, we can't even go outside. <laughs> like, we can't even inspect or complete. We can't review testing. So there was this whole period of just madness. And, right. um, uh, uh, <laughs> you know... There, we, it, our area is is just you can't build enough fast enough. No, no. so it's it's going bananas. So I want to talk just real quick. We'll wrap up on like the, kind of the fun part of your job. You have an opportunity to kind of oh, well, I mean, how do we put this? You, you get to take you get to keep clients happy by what rewarding them you go you take them at least i don't know i know last couple years have been challenging but like you know tell me some of the things you've done with clients to thank them for their business so yeah what's that that must be fun and new for you it's probably not new anymore but no it's relationship building right so people are more inclined to use you if they knew you and they knew who you are obviously you have to be likable if you you know like sometimes you see a guy the salesman and he's smoking cigarettes yeah and you think who wants to spend a week at, or, or he drinks so much at night it oozes through his skin? Yeah, right. Like there's these things. There's these, there's these parts that you go. You know, how does that work? So you obviously have to be somewhat likable. But um, we would take uh, a lot of customers, and I've realized early on that my customers are all married and all have kids, and so y- you know we would include their wives. Nice. And so I would. I would take my customers and their wives and I would take my wife and we would go. And I think before me, it was always just men. Like we would go out at sea and fish and it had its run. But if you can get your, their wives involved, then their wives are going to be more inclined to going, Hey, Billy, 
are you using Ferguson? Because we want to make sure. And, and, <laughs> she, Cabo again. and she gives him the heat, you know, and they wanted to go. And so, but we would do, um, we do, our vendors provide, um, so that, you know, we go to football games all the time. Our vendors usually have, you know, seats. You'll um, travel though. Right? Oh yeah. So we'll go to Talladega. We'll go to NASCAR. We'll do, um, we, I mean, we've been on some crazy trips. I took a crew down to Puerto Rico once. Um, it was awesome. What's that budget like? Um, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> well, this is an awkward question. Um, <laughs> I don't, we, I, we don't need no, a number. No, no, no. So, I, mean, well, I want to equate this real quick because back in the day, my wife's in medicine, right? And like right when she was starting to come on board, like there were drug reps that would hit all the doctors, right? And they'd be like, hey, you need to use my drug. And they would take them on lavish trips and they would bring lavish gifts and host lavish parties and they'd go all over the place and there was like no budget but like there are laws passed now and you can't do that you can't even leave a effing pen without like a a pen yeah and then there's you out there (laughs) taking people marlin fishing or whatever you know so i mean it's it's awesome that you're able to do that so i'm just we still have have rules we still have rules i mean it it can't be tied to any one given job it can't be you know it can't you can't go hey man now are these rules are they laws no they're laws okay yeah you can't you know i have to take classes i have to be you know ferguson's got a big so can you do this with prospects prospective clients um Yes. I mean, in the, in the scope of relationship building. Is there a cap for cost? I would probably not do a big... So if they're a new potential client, I would probably limit that to a shorter trip. Because, I, you know, if this thing goes sideways or they start to wear, you know, grow tired of me and my antics, then, you know, I, 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 need, to be in, I need to be in and out, right? So I want to do it quick. I would probably stay somewhere short and close. But these accounts are worth a lot of money to you guys. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. so an arbitrary number, like what's a good account? From a like a dollar standpoint, like wow. hey, we landed this account. It was fifty thousand dollars. And like, what's a good? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, eight million. Eight million. million. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think I was going to say? I have no idea. I dropped fifty thousand. That sounds like a big account. I don't know. Eight million. So like, and I don't know how much of that is profit, you know. But so I'm just wondering, like, what you have to work with. So if you took someone on a ten thousand dollar trip or something like that to earn an eight million dollar account, I mean, you do that every day, right? Oh yeah. And so would you? Of course. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just, I'm just curious. And like, I don't get to do that stuff. I, I I mean, it's not yeah, part of my world. But I, I'm curious. I think it's, it. it sounds great on the, on the, on the front side of it. But to take a customer to Hawaii with his wife is a, is a, is an, is a commitment from him. And it's a commitment from me. It's a commitment from my wife and his wife. And there's a lot of pavement that has to get walked down. Absolutely. And I so, mean, it could go horribly wrong. Right. And know? so we have to, you know, there's, and there's a lot that goes into it. And it, it, it starts with, you know, dinners with the wife. It starts with just, you know, are we even compatible? Yeah. And you go through it all. And, 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 and in the end, I mean, I've taken, I've taken, you know, I've taken people out and the, the wife gets hammered and barfs all over everything. I've taken I've taken guys fishing and they get naked and you're like, bro, I know. Like That's, I can't go anywhere with this guy. I know. I don't want to be there either. And I so and I don't I don't drink that much. And so um 
you know, and they, you know, you get some guy that puts away a 30 pack before breakfast yeah. and you're like, this is a, and I'm babysitter. Well, my guys cannot get injured while I'm with, out with them. Like if my man falls in, I'm going in with him. Right. Right. And so, well, now you're bringing, no, not on trips like that, but like you're bringing your wife, Lisa with, right. Yeah. And like, has it, have you guys ever been like, has she ever kind of elbowed you in the shoulder and been like, don't you ever do business with this she, guy? You know? Well, she doesn't have a choice for that. No. Um, <laughs> But she was there. I mean, she was there when one of them, one of the ladies barfed, you know, <laughs> right. You know, so, I mean, we've seen a lot, you know, and, yeah. and everyone wants to have a good time and I want to provide him with a good sure. time. You know, I want him to be valued. I want him to know that there is nothing that I wouldn't do for him. And look, if you guys want to get on that bar and dance, I'll help you up. I don't think I'm going with you, <laughs> but I'll pay the bill and I'll make sure that you have a great time. Oh my God. But, and you know, and some people have taken us on that. But we, you know, we, before you go on a, before you go to, um, you know, the Kentucky Derby, we were slated to go to the Kentucky Derby, uh-huh. which would have just been, I mean, that would have been the nines. I know you would have got the biggest hat. The, the cheapest seats. I'll just say this: the cheapest seats that I can find at the Kentucky Derby were six hundred dollars a piece, and so and and, and a super eight hotel for the kentucky derby was 500 dollars oh, a night in kentucky in kentucky right. right and so it was it i mean we we slated it up and we were going to do a big trip and then covid hit and then the kentucky derby got canceled yeah. and then i didn't go and we've never gone back yeah. um but we've done you know we've done some pretty wild things um I'm taking some customers up to Montana for the music festival up in nice. uh, whitefish that'll be a big deal and that's a three-day weekend and a big van with a bunch of you know people and so how do you choose who to do this with um it's so so typically um there's two types of business owners there's ones that let their guys drive the drive the car and those guys are the ones i would take and then business owners that are involved i recognize that you can't usurp the business owner when you know if they're massively involved you know they show up to work every day if sure. the owner is there every day then i have i'm obligated to meet him and say hi and be a part of his business but if the business owner's not there i don't give two shakes of a stick right let him go yeah. he doesn't want to be bothered if he wanted right. to be bothered he'd show up right absolutely he's an owner not an owner operator like right early, exactly right? exactly yeah. exactly interesting all right well i think i'm out of questions Good. All right. I don't think I have anything else. All right. I could tell a wild story, but I don't think you people are ready for that. Well, maybe next time. (laughs) I still think you should come in every week and we just shoot the breeze because I I think that that would be a good show. I went and played Wolf Creek. So my my game, I shot an 86 at Wolf Creek. Wow. So my golf game's doing good for still only playing five times a year. That's because you have loaded irons. (laughs) They go for ages. What are the, wait? Don't tell me they're orange. They're uh, God. What I those are they're, uh, they're not Mizuno. They're cobras. Cobras. That's it. That's it. Damn. They're Ricky Fowler orange. Hot Chinese <laughs> <laughs> cobra irons that you got off the black market, made out of some space age metals. <laughs> My eight iron one ninety. Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. that's all right. I'll still take you 10 yards off the tee, and then you can go mm. one club shorter when, you know, the on case. the approach. So. Always the case. Looking forward to getting out with you again. I would summer. love that. All right, brother. All right. Thanks hey, for man. coming in. Thanks, bud. See take you. it easy. There you go. That was Brian. Brian, thanks, man, for coming on. I really appreciate you. Uh, my name's Matt. 
This is none of my business. You can find me all over the place. I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter and or Instagram at Deets Agency. You can check out my blog at Deets Agency. You know, if you would do me a favor and leave me a review of the show, it really helps this show get into the hands of people who really need it. So just go to Apple Podcasts, you know, click on the reviews, and there's a little button there that says write a review. That'd be awesome. And that's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening. Keep up the good work. Oh, yeah.